0: Another week, another pod, we are back on the mic, Jack and myself here to bring you another episode of the Pipe It Up podcast. Uh, lots to discuss today, once again, you guys thought the home run derby was exciting, this ASG this year was uh, something else to say the least, so uh, let's dive right into it. This is the Pipe It Up podcast, cue the intro.
1: Jack, thanks for checking in tonight.
0: Woo woo, back on the pod. Jack is in his final week of school. That is crazy.
1: I'm Almost so I'm just Jack. Like, yeah, I'm riding cloud nine right now. I got one, one, one more hard day tomorrow of school where business needs to be taken care of, and then after that, it's pretty smooth sailing. And uh can't wait to be back in the state of Michigan once again. Yeah, that's a euphoric feeling. I
0: can't lie. When you're wrapping up, I remember yeah,
1: that's when I really got my. Is.
0: That's when I talked about the rolling stop ticket, but even that couldn't uh, even that couldn't dampen my mood that weekend. Um, <laughs> but I will say this: um, I don't know if I said this on the podcast already, or if I said this just to you privately, Jack. But like, I remember just sitting at my graduation ceremony, like um, you know, cap and gown on, in the crowd of students graduating, like hearing names being called and approaching the stage, and I'm just thinking to myself, like, how on earth did I get here? <laughs> because yeah. that last, uh, first of all, college is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that last semester last year was just such a whirlwind of like just survive in advance because the classes are hard. But like you're already in the groove, like studying, preparing, taking mm-hmm. the exam again, again, again. The weeks just go by and then you're at your graduation ceremony like, oh, my God, it's over.
1: <laughs> it seems like it's, it, it, you know, things were taking long while you're going through it. But now it's like I can't believe that it's already, you know, the end here and Mm -hmm. it is you know you just got to take it day by day survive in advance that's a a great way to great way to describe it that's really what it was basically
0: yeah it's uh I, i can't describe it any better day by day much like the mlw world right now in season right now we're into august now month four of the summer and uh we got the whiffle of the mitten tournament coming up this weekend two weeks from now we got the midwest slugfest tournament in illinois um, these tournaments are looking like are going to be our two biggest tournaments ever. Um, the deadline for the Wiffle and the Mitten signups just cut off, um, like two hours ago at the time of this recording. And, um, it looks like including MLW teams, we have like 81 teams in this tournament, Ooh, 80 wow. or 81. It was at 80 at like wow. four o'clock. And I think we got one more late sign up wow. who transferred over from a different tournament. But anyway, yeah, 80 teams. So that's going to be. It's always cool. I exciting I like, yet stressful, yeah. yet just a whirlwind. That's gonna fly by too.
1: It's always cool to see the Wiffle and the Mitten. I feel like the Wiffle and the Mitten one has been improving every every year we've done it. And I wanna say it was the first like tournament we ever did, right? Was Whiffle and the Mitten? It was or was the, it not? Technically
0: the second. But it, okay. it was our first like big tournament ever because Yeah. We launched it in 2019, uh, I wanna say. Twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. And then it was either 2019 or 2018 we launched. The second year, we went to the Legacy Center instead of at the local school. And that second year had, like, 40 teams. And that was, like, our first, like, quote-unquote, big tournament ever. Yep. Um, and it was followed up by another big one in New York a couple weeks later. But, yeah, that was, like, our first, like, great turnout, like, full-blown tournament tournament type thing. So, it's definitely, it's one that hits home right in our hometown, right in our backyard. And yeah. uh, 80 teams is a lot of teams, man. That's a lot, dude. And even, Holy like, there, of course, there's a lot of MLW guys playing in this like spread across several teams
1: but even then we're looking at you know 70 plus signups so it's that's a lot of people it's crazy what's the what's the best looking MLW squad going there well' Who's gonna represent best
0: well so in order to establish ourselves for the UFs United Whiffle national championship tournament in October um in order to like be eligible for that tournament you need to like establish your squad and, and other qualifying events and our tournament is one of those qualifying events oh sick. so i think mlw blue is the so you have like you know mlw and then the color um that's the um like our ufs team or mm-hmm. you have to have three guys in that roster so um kyle schultz nick sailor and jimmy north are on that mlw blue team so i guess you could say that's the team to beat okay but, um I, I got my eyes on the mlw rising stars that's like dallas allen and Jackson Pearson and Blade Walker and Landon Urgaitis. It's like all the young Eagles. So that's, that's in my mind, like the best team there just because. That's the squad. Those young boys, man. You can't underestimate them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They show out. Those guys do well in the tournaments, too. They do. That's so what that, I've heard. That's,
0: that's who I think the the target's on in my eyes. But I'm on the um, MLW Birds and because I did, thought it would be funny to change it up. <laughs> um, so that, that roster is myself, Caden Irwin, and uh, Dabberco is making an appearance at this tournament as yes. well. So Nice. So we, um, the birds get, are coming. I want, coming I wanted to just be called the birds and like be like undercover like MLW players, but, mm-hmm. um, commish decided got the to X on that. Yeah, got, I, got, I, I didn't, didn't get, didn't get a, uh, didn't pass final approval stages. So MLW Shucks. Birds is my, is my squad. I'm excited to play in it though. It's always fun, and um, you know we've done it before. Yes, this is the most teams we've ever had before, but, um, we're prepared for it. We're prepared for it. So it'll be, it'll be a great event, but. So yeah, crazy times in MLW Um, in real time here. We're wrapping up the regular season Postseason's coming around, but on the YouTube channel where you guys are up to date on, we are on the all-star break, of course, week two and the all-star game hit the YouTube streaming service on Friday. And there's not much else to say about it besides it was unbelievable. It was heartbreaking (laughs) for some. It was, it was, uh, thrilling for others. I'm on the side of heartbreak there and, um, the American League completed what is officially the greatest comeback in all-star game history in MLW, erasing the 7-0 deficit and winning 8-7 in extra innings. Um, Jack, did first of all, when you watched the video, were you already aware that it was a
1: big comeback like that or were you out of the loop there because you're out of state? Um, I, I knew it was a comeback, but I honestly forgot. Someone told me the outcome of the game and I honestly for the life of me couldn't remember what they said. So once the game started... And you guys like started racking up some runs. I just put like I figured that the AL would be the team that came back, so mm-hmm. I, I did yes and no. Um, but it's just like it, it was interesting, like how like um, I've commented on this like a few times on the podcast. But the way that Kyle used the 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 music effects in the in his videos, mm-hmm. and it was just like so perfect, and uh, you could almost like sense like I. It, it helped that I did obviously know there was going to be a comeback, but you could almost just like feel it with the music that like something was brewing and like the intensity was, was rising, but all around is great video. I took, I, I'm, I just watched the video. Like the, it was the first, it was the last thing I did before hopping on the mic to jump on this podcast. So like I wrote down a bunch of notes. I actually have some questions for you too. Just like, cause uh, stuff in the video I was curious on.
0: Yeah. Um, for me, I guess, first comments I want to make is just what an unbelievable job by the American league to to keep their heads in that ball game and to fight back and and to win it. Um, but I will say in terms of, you're talking about the video production. I remember like being at the Meadows that day, like when it went into extra innings and I was like talking to Kyle, I'm like, I can just like, like make sure you like use the soundtrack to, to build it up, build up that comeback, blah, blah, blah. key. Which of course he was already thinking that, but I was just poking him with it. Um, but yeah, he did a great job with it. I thought the buildup was great. Um, it's just like a scary scene in a movie. like You're waiting for the jump scare. Like You know things are happening, but you're not sure if it's going to actually... The comeback's going to be completed or if it's going to be a defla- deflating ending. You know what I mean? Right. But Warda, just unbelievable. The clutch what you factor say on about Alec Warda, Warda dude. dude. The last inning hits the two-run shot and then follows it up with an RBI game-tying single. He just so surprises me. So, I mean, I've been saying it all year. The Preds are yeah. surprising me, and Warda falls in that category. He just... I don't... Um, He's you know he's a raw talent. He's not a baseball guy. He's just a wiffle guy, and he goes out yeah. there and he, he battles. And some days are better than others for him. But uh, I mean, he was locked in that last inning. He, he carried he totally them to the, the tie and got it in the extras.
1: You I mean you guys know that I'm I'm close with Warda, and he was the one who brought me into the league. So like just I'm a big Warda fan. So seeing him be the guy to to be the catalyst for the comeback was so awesome. I did want to ask if you had a good look at his home run because like. In the video, you like you can't even see the ball, but everyone seemed to be pretty, pretty like, unanimously saying that it was fair. Other than Dan, yeah, you know, I was just wondering if you had like a view at it. Dan's, <laughs> I, I I figured Dan I was just wanna, like I don't mad dash you know? too hard. Um, Dan's always funny when when
0: he's funny as an umpire, and he's funny when calls are made against him. Um, I'm trying to think of where I was set up for that play. To be honest with you, Jack. Um, it's one of those things where I bet you it was right over the pole. Ward, I had the best yeah. look at it, I'm sure, and Mr. Schultz isn't too far off that. But um, when you're standing where Dan's standing, you're like, if you're in right field yeah. for that plane, it goes over the left field pole. It's, you have no depth perception there, right? It's impossible to see.
1: Speaking um, of Mark Schultz, though, what always great, great, great to hear him on the call. Great job. I absolutely love a hearing him. A job well on the done. Call. How about a round of applause for Mark yeah. Schultz on the
0: commentary in the All Star game? Kind of a tradition now in MLW. Um, so yeah, he did a great job, but yeah, the home run, um, there's no scandal there. There's no inside job. There's no rigged situation. I believe it was a a good clean home run from my memory. I don't, I don't remember thinking there was any kind of blown call. So yeah, but yeah, that was when I watched, like, I forget about these things and watching the video back. I was like, Oh, that was a close play, but
1: Mm -hmm. home runs a home run. It looks the same in the book. It was wild too, because, um, Dan kind of stepped in after Cheatham, sort of caught the walk bug a little bit um mm-hmm. caught the yips it, it kind of just like i feel like that happens every once in a while i my, my oh, yeah. memory might be biased with the uh with the all-star game cuz i haven't been involved in very many but the ones that i've been at like i feel like there's always like one or two pitchers that are obviously good pitchers cuz they're in the all-star game but it just you know i don't know what it is it's just like didn't have it that day but either way dan comes in and gets us n- uh, nasty strikeout but it's it's the walk with the with the speed oh, radar
0: the stand in the speed limit yeah yep.
1: so and then after it he just he throws a nasty knuckle drop to get out of the inning and I think it was seven four at that point and then he threw another one like it was the the second one was even dirtier that strikeout so I was kind of thinking in my mind, like, it seems like Dan sort of settling in here might kind of he, shut he him was. down. And then that's when Ward appeased it. So I was I like, know. not really expecting that one at all.
0: Dan, Dan didn't do a bad job. He, yeah, he got, you know, okay. But think about this guys. And I think you hear Kyle say it when he's commentating games, Dan always lives at the speed limit. He Oh, he, <laughs> he flirts throws with it. Yeah. 72, like every time. Like his riser literally sits at 72. It's not 70. It's not 71. It's 72, 72, 72. Like he lives there. So, um, I guess his body was miscalibrated by a single mile per hour that day and he was having <laughs> some trouble and it cost him. It cost him a lot, but, you know, it kept, it kept the AL in that ball game. And I'm sure it was in Dan's head, which doesn't help, but he did have the knuckle drop working as well and he did a good job. But I mean, yeah, Warda just hit the ball. I mean, you got to tip your cap to him, I guess.
1: Yeah, he did. Um, who, uh, was Nick, just like curious, was Nick Saylor not voted an all-star or was he, he unavailable to play?
0: He was voted an all-star. I believe the polls were public this year. Um, I have to pull it up on my phone really quick. I believe that, um, Saylor was either number one or number two in the voting totals actually. Yeah, I had, but that's okay. Was, so I had he to He was, that. um, unavailable. He was out of state that weekend for, I want to say, he coaches a travel baseball team mm-hmm. and, um. It ha- had obligations there, but anyways. Um, so the substitution in place of Nick Sailor ended up being Drew Davis, I believe. Yeah. Yes.
1: Okay. Cool. Well, I was, I was just curious on that. I probably shouldn't do that anyway, but I also wanted to know. Going back, um, how did you guys like decide on these jerseys, these colors? Because the 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 All Star Game, I feel like has featured some very different uniforms as of late. Like, how do you guys come up with that? Was that a Triton thing, or was that uh, some ideas like from the commish, or how did that go about?
0: No, so that was kind of done independently and help with our uh, friend Trent from the Wiffleball community. Um, so yeah, this is our second year um, doing you know specific jerseys for the All Star teams. Um, it's a cool addition, and mm. I actually put a pull up on our story recently, um, like an hour ago um, before this recording, to see which jerseys people liked better, either last year's or this year. So I want to get your opinion on that in a second, Jack. But anyway. Um, so the jerseys are kind of, um, we take, we take pieces of inspiration and then kind of make it our own. So, um, this year, I can't remember what year was it. I, it was, I believe it was over a decade ago where the, um, all-star game was held by the New York Mets. It was mm-hmm. at, at, their, at their stadium. So the color scheme in that all-star series was, um, like blue and orange. Okay. Okay. So I believe it was more of a royal blue and a darker orange, whereas we made it more like tropical looking, you know, it was a a lighter powdery, more so powder blue and a a lighter, brighter orange. So that was kind of where the inspiration for the colors came in. And then in terms of the logo design and that kind of thing, um, like the all-star game and home run derby and now all fun game logos, those are all unique to MLW uh, made from scratch by our graphic designer, Cole Story, who's been on the show a couple of times. And, um, it was all kind of incorporated into that same blue and orange color scheme and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it was done. It was not done by Triton. It was done by, um, I guess you could say, MLW personnel. But, okay, um, nice. Speaking of that, Jack, if you don't recall last year's jerseys, which last year's jerseys were inspired, I think, by the All-Star game that was held by St. Louis, I, th- I think. I so, do remember
1: the jerseys. It was mostly like a, a navy blue and red color scheme. Correct. Right? Yeah, and I have, a, I have
0: a picture of it on our Instagram story right now if you want to pull it up real quick yeah. and take a look. So I put up a poll because I was curious to hear what you guys thought about this year's jerseys versus last year's jerseys. And to my surprise, actually, as of right now, which the sample size, the sample size might be a little bit small, but right now, 2021 is leading the poll 55% to 45% of the votes as 2021 being the favorite, but they're both cool in different ways. Was uh, I like,
1: do you remember if they were the same material? They were the same material. Yes. Okay cuz that's mm-hmm. a big factor. Material factor for Jack. Okay. That's a that's a big factor. The the I remember the ones from last year. I didn't get a chance to see one of the ones from this year up close, but the ones were, from last year were like really nice, like nicer dry fit shirts mm-hmm. from what I remember, so. Yep. It Same definitely makes a huge real. difference.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's it's nice to play in those. I think this year I I may have liked last year's like um
1: I think I I just voted.
0: You just voted? What'd
1: you vote, Jack? I voted 2021. You did? Wow. I do, dude. I, I think, think they're better. For I think me, the, the numbers are better. Like, I, I think do the number like, is cool. I
0: do like the numbers. Uh, I agree with you there, but I I feel like um, I I was in the red jersey, of course, in the National League, and I feel like I don't like the color combination of, like, red and yellow or blue yeah. and yellow. So, like, the bat kind of threw me off a little bit. I still love the jerseys, of course. Mm -hmm. The number I agree is better, but this year's numbers were also modern and cool looking. So I Mm -hmm. I don't know. I personally like 2022 better, but I agree they're both fire. So the funny thing is any either vote.
1: The funny thing is if I had like, I think I picked 21 because I just really, really like the AL jerseys. I I agree that 2021
0: AL jerseys are the best.
1: Yes. So I really, really like those jerseys. Honestly, the NL ones like from 2021 are like, all right. But I would flip that for 2022. I think the NL those jerseys I would I would take over the AL ones for sure.
0: I like them both this year. Um, I think it, like it was a cool contrast of like the orange jersey had the blue it's like font tropics. The, well, yeah, exactly. It's just a cool like yeah. it's a it's a it's a cool color scheme. And like I said, the orange jersey featured the light blue numbers on the back, and it had the light blue like all star star on the front. Whereas the light blue jerseys had the orange accents. Like it all kind of like meshed yep. together well. So, I liked them both this year. But last year, I 100% liked the Navy blue jerseys better. So, I was a little bit jealous of the AL guys, but it is what it is.
1: They were clean. That's right. Don't be jealous. I didn't get a jersey for either team. So, it's all right. I
0: know. I was happy to make I was happy to just get a t shirt this year. You know what I mean? So, uh, that's 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 a blessing within itself. I was happy to get a shirt for sure. But um, back to the game, Jack. I am curious to hear more about um, any notes you may have had. But um, I, of course, want to address um, the defense in this game. Yeah. Uh, there was three plays in here that I think could, well, probably two for sure, maybe three plays that could end up being top ten plays by the end of the year. Um, the first one being the catch by Kyle Schultz, and I think it was the second inning, first or second inning,
1: it was a in left
0: field where he deflected the ball and came down with it. That was like a full extension block and catch. Um, Kyle's a guy who pitches a lot, but I still think he's probably the front runner for Gold Glove this year. Um, We were talking about this actually recently, me and some of the D-backs guys, I think, but his defense has just been consistently good for a decade now. Yeah, Um, There's there's other guys in the the league that are great defensively as well, but my vote's going to Kyle as of right now. Um, So that play... There was a play where Ryan cratched, I think accidentally, like deflected the ball to second base with a force out on that grounder up the middle. Yep. That was so sick. I Once again, I think it was not intentional. I think he was trying to catch that ball clean and then like flip it, but it like just hit his fingertips and went right to the second base. So it, it was beautiful. And then of course, the grandest of them all, the Jimmy Norp kick play as it's been coined. Kick. Um, Which I guess it's the kick because the kick play is Kyle Schultz play from like 10 years ago, but. Jimmy <laughs> Norp's kick, um, unbelievable! Unbelievable, <laughs> it just, dude. It was really just a jaw dropping moment. I'm, we're all just like, what just happened? Because I thought in the heat of the moment he like was frustrated and just kicked it out of rage. Yeah, that's what I thought happened. And I see the ball hit Drew, and I'm like, no way! But it turns out, and I still thought like post play that it was still like out of rage and he just got lucky. But I was talking to Jimmy about it. And he said that it sounds like when they play games amongst, like when he's been playing with football over the years with his friends, mm-hmm. they do a similar rule where like the backstop at home is like a force out or even an out if a guy's running home. And he said in in, in the past, he's done the same thing where like he fumbles the ball and then just kicks it as fast as he can towards the plate. Wow. So like he wasn't wow. really going for a peg there. He was just going to hit the backstop. But if it wouldn't have pegged him, he would have been safe. So like... So that's literally something he's practiced. So it was calculated, yes. It was a calculated <laughs> kick, isn't that unbelievable? That's, that's so wild.
1: Jimmy. When I was watching it, I 100% am in agreement with you. I was thinking that he like thought it was over and just uh-huh. sort of kicked it and was like, um, you know, whatever. And and so getting him out, I mean, it was crazy. It was still a really close call, though. It was it was close. So yeah, it was very close. So I remember.
0: Um I had the clip on my iPhone of like the main one of the main replays that was shown and watching it back frame by frame, like literally frame by frame, really slow, like dragging my thumb on the video. Um and I do think we got the call right. So what I saw, and you guys can play it back and see if you see the same thing, but um the ball kind of goes underneath Drew's body when he's still one frame away from touching the plate. So you see the ball disappear prior to him touching the plate and yep. it, it did contact him i remember he admitted to it um but then one frame later you still can't see the wiffle ball you never see it touch drew but one frame later so if my fr- my phone is shooting 30 frames per second so 0. 0.02 seconds later or what yeah whatever that is mm-hmm. um he is touching home plate so i'm telling you it was one frame at uh, 30 frames per second
1: yeah so it's tight. I mean, it's close. call. I think you guys got it right too. Um, Because like you said, you can kind of see the ball disappear, but when the ball comes out, it's, it's really obvious. It hit him mm-hmm. and Cause it slowed itself down because it, it, it slowed itself down. Just yeah. the trajectory of it kind of just like it just, the only way for it to go that way was if it hit him at the time that it like went under his body, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, so I think you guys got the call right too, but it was super close. It was just so funny. Like, it's hard to like hear Mr. Yeah. Schultz go speechless on that call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, everyone
0: a, thought the same thing. We're all like, yeah. "What just
1: happened?" <laughs>
0: like, yeah. like Jimmy's screaming. Everyone's like, "What on earth was that?"
1: He, he didn't even know like what to say. And then, I and wouldn't then have either. I don't think a couple guys were just like, "He's out!" Like, he's you, out. You don't really
0: prepare yourself for a kick play call for yeah. a, the a huge out in the
1: game as an announcer. No way. And of course, like it's just. You talked about the defense in this game and all these great plays. Like, I think that's just that just goes to show how hard all of those guys, all you guys were going out there and how competitive you all are and wanted to win so bad. Like, just the raw emotion. Every time there was one of those close plays, it was everyone on the AL saying one thing and I know, everyone I on the NL saying the other thing because, like, you guys just all wanted it so bad. Need, it's just funny, a- it's really cool, because <laughs> honestly, a lot of leagues, the all-star games are sort of like, ooh, you know, like, cool, like, the mm-hmm. oh, the pro mm-hmm. Bowl, sweet, yeah. like, that's not that fun, I mean, MLB has had some, like, good years and bad years, I think, I honestly don't watch the M- MLB all-star game at all, mm-hmm. NBA's kind of cool, I guess, if you just want to see a bunch of 3 points. Well, I, be- but, I
0: believe the MLB used to do what we do, they used to have it where home field advantage in the World Series is on the line. Yeah. Yeah. But um years ago they went away from that and now I believe it's a cash prize for the winners and it goes to like a charity or something like that. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, people go hard in MLW. I mean, you want home field advantage, you want to win that yeah. all star game, especially us in the national league who've only won, you know, a small handful in the last five, six years, you know, I think one to be exact. So it it stung. I was kind of upset. I came out of that game early, like the second inning, um, which is actually um, something I want to discuss with you a little bit, Jack, if you don't mind. I'm gonna, I'm yeah. gonna be a little controversial, I guess, but
1: let's, and, let's get into and, it. And
0: I, uh, I feel like it's just my duty as as the pod host, as 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 that guy, I gotta um, gotta call 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 a spade a spade and and speak let's my get mind. Into it. But um, I guess to to, to uh, I I do want to preface this by by saying that um, of course, nothing personal. Love all the guys in MLW, especially the ones I'm gonna kind of call out here and go after. But um, and I wanted to have um Jimmy Norp on this pod tonight, but I believe. He, him and the, him and the boys in Livonia are in a slow pitch softball league, and they play every Monday, it's like it's hard to get them on, and we couldn't do it over the weekend because we were traveling together. But anyway, um, you know when I look back at this game, and I was thinking this in real time too, Jack, as as a bystander, it was not my team to manage, as I finished last place last year, so mm-hmm. I was the last person who was going to manage the squad. Jimmy, Jimmy earned the right, but um, you know when we blew that lead, I was. To put it bluntly, I was shocked with the decisions that Jimmy made with the lineup and how he managed the pitchers on the team and the lineup itself in terms of who's hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if you paid a whole lot of attention to that, Jack. But um, so we had seven guys in the roster, So did the American League. You start four and all seven have to enter the game at some point, right? So in my head, entering um, that series... I thought the best two arms in the team were Dallas Allen, Daniel Schultz. And I thought, for in my opinion, the third best arm was either Robles or Norp. That was my opinion. Okay. Mm. Um, so he we started Dallas. That was a no-brainer. Dallas has yeah. been insane this year. Dallas throws two innings, scoreless, does the job. So now you have to make a decision as to, okay, do I want to put in my number two now and have him go two innings and then try to have someone else close it out? Or do I put in my, you know, number three arm or somebody else to get like one inning done and then go with my number two to finish the game? So, Jimmy goes with Robles, which I'm fine with, um, in the third. And Robles, scoreless inning, right? We're scoreless through Mm -hmm. three. Now, this is where things got a little hairy for me, okay? Once again, not personal, just as observations. Um, What had happened after the third inning was I exited the game and Dallas Allen exited—oh, sorry— I exited the game, Dallas exited the game, and Robles exited the game, I believe. Robles was replaced by Chris Cheatham on the mound. Um, So Robles actually exited the game, left the batting lineup. Um, Someone went in for me, Dan, whoever it was, and Mm -hmm. then um, Waylon also got into the game. So Norp was the only one left there. But the reason I was somewhat confused by that is because... um, I don't see why Cheatham entered that game there. I thought that either Robles should have just kept going after going quick, easy third inning. Yeah. Or you go to Dan, who's like your second best arm on the team, in my, in my opinion. Um, I also don't understand why Robles was subbed out of the game completely to lose our best bat, arguably, on the team. Um, I think um, if it was me, I would have entered Daniel for, like, I, so we had. I would have kept Jimmy and Jordan in the game the entire time, kept those two guys. And I would have then subbed in two subs for the me and Dallas because our bats like we're we're both good hitters, but Jimmy and Robus are better. And then I one of those two subs that went and I would have subbed one of those guys out then for the last guy. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. I thought losing Jordan's bat after three really hurt us down the stretch. Yeah. And I also don't think that I think that while Cheatham has a higher ceiling in terms of the MLW pitching style, he has a little bit more experience than than Jordan. Um, and he has, I'd say, more movement than Jordan, a more diverse arsenal. I do think that Cheatham has, has shown more inconsistencies this year. Um, yeah, that's that's just what I've seen. He was lights out against the D-backs, which Jimmy probably had in his head because that was a recent series. But Cheatham going out there and struggling really put us in a tough hole there. And then Dan had to come in and try to, um, you know, fix things. But anyway, I just I I was uh, I was surprised to see the moves made the way they were. And I think Jimmy's a great manager, but I just didn't agree with him in that scenario. But uh, did you have any observations like that? Or was that not really something on
1: your mind at the time? It it definitely it definitely was. Um, I didn't think about it as as uh, thoroughly as you did, because like, you know, you actually were there and experienced it. But I was kind of confused why um why he took Robles out so quick because he I'm pretty sure he struck out the side like I think it was like three up three down Mm -hmm. and you guys and you guys are still rolling so I was expecting uh Robles to stay in at least one more inning and then probably see Dan and I thought he was just gonna like sub cheat him in at some point like to Mm -hmm. hit because Cheatham obviously is a good bat, so that was probably obviously that was probably something Jimmy was also considering. Like, mm-hmm. if I lose Robles, at least I have Cheatham as a bat. Um, so maybe that's what he was thinking. But it is interesting that you say Cheatham threw really well against them because that you know maybe that was something. What's that called? In recency bias. Yeah, that's he a psychology had some term. Re- Yeah, he might have had some recency bias. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, I think all all. Both teams, all the guys on the team are very capable. That's and, very uh, true. I know like, I'm, I'm yeah, overanalyzing, but that's my job. Yeah. Right? That's what I said before I started talking. For sure, yeah. The uh, the the management is certainly important, but you guys are all there for a reason, and you know a lot of those guys are either young and playing really well or are you know playing well as veterans and have been around a really long time so
0: i agree i agree because on the, in the pitching side um the american league had baronowski and Cratch, who have been two elite arms we had two elite arms in in daniel and dallas the dynamic duo of the eagles in terms of hitters um we had Robles, we had jimmy um they have guys like kyle schultz should have been nick sailor um, yep. ryan cratchett hitting the ball well ward of course russell like there's there's so much talent on both sides, so I do agree with you there. Um, but uh, just a thought I wanted to share with everybody on, on what what I would have done. But once again, in order to make those decisions, I gotta I gotta make a World Series <laughs> to be the manager right. so, <laughs> and make the All Star team. So uh, um, I, I was pretty far off of that uh, last year. So, um, but Jimmy Jimmy's a great manager. He does a good job. But I, I wonder if Jimmy will listen to this and give me a text. And, Jimmy and, uh, had it. Jimmy had a... hate. I wanted to have him on here to talk about it with him, but like I said, he's playing softball.
1: I thought Jimmy had uh, probably the best mic'd up session of the year so far. It was good. It, uh, was, it was good. G- it was just great content all around. So good job on that one, Jimbo.
0: There was a funny scene in there. Um, I was filming this, by the way, and he's like, "Yeah, Tom, it was a ball, but we're gonna pretend it was." or <laughs> <Yeah. a sh-." laughs> Whatever he said, that was
1: funny. He's like, "I'm walking it in," like he knew it was a ball. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was pretty that's, funny. That's I also, I also uh, wanted to give a a strong, strong shout out to Casey Bennett for the uh, oh, you think incredible the incredible play ball call. I thought he did a, a great job. I know you said before that you thought he did a good job too, but really honestly exceeded my expectations. So nice job, Casey.
0: Yeah, I love that. I mean, Casey did not make the all-star team. Um, hasn't seen a ton of playing time in MLW, although he has one of the uh, more memorable moments of the season so far with that walk-off home run and game, game yep. one of the year. Excuse me. Um, so, just seeing him make the trip and he lives, you know, hours away. Him road tripping up here to just support the league. Um, you know, we didn't say like come up here and, and do the coin toss type thing, but just him coming out here to enjoy the game, to support everybody and that kind of stuff. I was really glad to get him involved some way and you know, him having fun and stuff like that. So um I'm glad it worked out. And that was one take. He did a great job, I thought. One
1: take. So right, right now take. we're the last two years we've done two takes. <laughs> two takes, two, two takes two clips. years. <laughs> and did two you, great uh, clips.
0: I think, yeah, I definitely did. I made a TikTok check, which um, didn't uh, perform well at all, for the record. But anyway, I made a TikTok like hyping up the All Star Game, like a little uh-huh. trailer type thing, and uh, I included your soundbite in there. I'll try to pull it up right now.
1: Let's see. I'm like kind of slacking honestly on TikTok. I gotta start. You'll hear it. Wait for the drop.
0: Play ball <laughs> <laughs> You like that? <laughs> I thought that, that was a pretty good.
1: Drop, gold, dude. That's gold. Um, oh, I'm that's curious hilarious. to see how
0: that sounds in the podcast. But yeah, I oh thought that, that was gosh. funny.
1: That's I did the best so I could. TikTok, I gotta, I gotta get, get support in, on. I gotta get support in MLW on TikTok. I've been. I don't even go on TikTok. Hey, I, more power
0: to you, dude. Like I said, I was. um I think i addressed this with you on on a separate conversation but i I was also against tiktok at first still kind of am just because you you can waste a lot of time on there but um in in the business that we're in you got to adapt you adapt or die and that kind of stuff so i do try to spend like a minimum of like 15 to 30 minutes a day on there just scrolling through looking for new sounds new ideas new trends so we're up to date on that kind of stuff but um yeah i think we covered all the stops in this all-star game jack i will say that um Ryan pitched well. Robles got the best of him, and that was a good slider that Robles hit. Right to start the game, it was awesome. It was, it was pretty cool because he he actually drove in for this series. He road tripped with his girlfriend, gets off gets off gets out of the car after his twelve hour ride, steps out and hits a bomb on his first AB, <laughs> and it was like right on cue too because Jimmy was like, um, he's like, I I love having Robles sitting behind me. This is awesome before yeah. the game started, and then first at bat bomb. So that was sick. Yeah, Robles hit well, Robles pitched well, Um, Dallas continued to dominate, Um, Barron for the most part pitched all right, but Jimmy did get the best one with that grand slam, Jimmy pieced that ball too, that was a bomb, that's what put us up 7-0, we thought the game was out of reach, but yeah, Jimmy smoked that ball, Um, and other notable performances on the AL side, like I said, the defense for the AL was incredible too, Um, Alec Warda, the all-star game MVP, did a great job, Um, Ryan pitched okay for the most part as well, Um, I believe Bonham gave up a couple, but... I mean, everyone. Everyone played well. Um, like I said, unfortunately, Cheatham just didn't have his best day, and then Dan Bell with the speed limit. And um, you also got to think about too that the NL's bats just turned off. The NL weren't hitting the ball uh-huh. late in that game, so um, the, m- think, the momentum I think just bottom, totally shifted. For the
1: record, I think Bottom got out of the one inning he pitched. I think he may have two. I think he just got three outs, like pretty quickly, actually. Yeah. Or, I mean, I don't know how quickly. Bottom's
0: an efficient pitcher, man. He pours, yeah. you, you know, you're going to, he's going to come right after you on the mound. He throws a lot of strikes and you got to just put the bat on the ball. But I
1: think he had two pop-ups and a strikeout.
0: I will say sounds for, about right. on my performance, I had, I think I had two at-bats and um, I, Ryan struck me out the first time. The second time I like, I think it was also down to two strikes and I put a late swing on it and ground it out to Warda. That ball that Warda fielded I was so frustrated at because I kind of smoked it down the line and Warda somehow fields it cleanly steps in the base The only way he's getting me out there is if he completely sticks it like he did total clean yeah and that's Warda's the a sneaky year a good
1: first first baseman he kind of like plays he plays first base for the Preds mm-hmm. or I mean for I don't really know what you call that position but he's I, the guy who stands by I, right first, field, base, first base so. whatever yeah 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 so um he's a he's a sneaky good guy because he can get over the bag really quick so if you can get the ball in your hand like if Russell or whoever can get the ball in their hand and just get it over in the area. He usually does a pretty good job of securing it. Last and year That's huge.
0: Last year I also only had two at bats in the All-Star game and then last year I think I walked and then grounded out to Warda also. So Warde my Achilles heel in these All-Star
1: games. Seems like it. I mean that's like that's really important you like for the Predators. You think about the Predators and and how they've done so far this year. Um the Diamondbacks, like we talked about last year, right? How good their defense was. And that was like a huge difference maker. Like they were doing everything else well, yes. But the outs that they were getting on ground balls that were hit that could very well be hits and they were making incredible plays to get outs, that was what was making a big difference maker. So mm-hmm. if the Predators can kind of take some of these, you know, defensive, uh, this defensive momentum from this all star game and keep playing good D this year, that could you know, watch out for that. That could be a real threat for them.
0: Yeah, that's a good segue, Jack, into the second half as that is coming up um, in two weeks with the Oklahoma series. We do have another upload coming out next week, which I can preview in just a moment. But um, with the standings right now, Jack, who who are we thinking is going to have a big second half? Who's going to fall off? Um, I guess I can start that conversation. Um, I'm expecting the defending champs. I should say the defending league champions to have big second halves on both sides. Looking at the D-backs, um, they're two and seven. None of us thought they'd be there. The Gators beat them two out of three. Wildcats beat them two out of three, and they were swept by the Mallards in a tight series. So I think uh, I think a fire has been lit in Jimmy Norp and those guys. And I just mm-hmm. I just don't see that team not making the playoffs. Unbiasedly, they're just they're just too good. They're too talented. They have too many good yep. arms. Their bats are unbelievable. Um, so I'm just I would be absolutely shocked if they. Their first series out of the All-Star break um, is against the Eagles, and I would be shocked to see the, them get swept by the Eagles. I know the Eagles are rolling. The Eagles are, what, 8-1? Mm-hmm. and one? That's phenomenal. But I just yeah. think the D-backs have too much fight in them to, to go down in that series. Um, and then looking at the American League, the Wildcats are sitting at 4-5. and five. Once again, it's a similar situation. It's just too talented of a roster, I think. Um, yeah. And they have the magic in their first series after the break, which I think is a favorable matchup for them. So I expect both the D-backs and the Wildcats to have big second halves. Um, In terms of teams that I think could fall off, um, I look at a pivotal series in the National League, the Oklahoma series being Mallard's Gators as a huge one. Um, Mm -hmm. The Mallard's just got swept by the Eagles. I think they're a bit deflated right now. Um, And Mm -hmm. the Gators got that big win against the the D-backs. So I think that's kind of pivotal right there in the National League. Um, the loser of that series could easily miss the playoffs if the D-backs make a run. So um, that one could go either way, and I think the loser there is going to be in trouble. Um, looking at the AL, um, just based on their first half, I think I look at the Magic as a team who needs to improve if they want any shot. And like I said, they're yep. playing the Wildcats, which is a tough draw for them um, starting their second half of the season. So those are two teams. I think the Mallard Gators matchup is interesting, and then I think the Magic um, really have to win that series against the Cats if they want any shot.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, pretty. I, I agree with a lot of what you said. I think the D backs are definitely the one team you can't count out at this point just because, um, like, they're still the same guys. They got the same core. They've got some even more weapons this year. I think they'll turn it around. I think they'll be better. Um, the Magic certainly are on the outside looking in, don't have a very easy schedule after the All Star game so um it's gonna it's just it's just another magic year where we're gonna have to get some help from people around us if we want to make it but you know really the outside looking in um for for them in the al it's always a question
0: for me personally is okay how the magic gonna blow my mind this year and make the playoffs it's the same story every
1: year we'll see we'll see if we got any magic left um the cobras i think our team just and I might be biased um, because that was one of the the series that I was actually able to be at and uh, didn't record a hit in. Um, but they seemed like a uh, a team that could um, gain some momentum and uh, gain some momentum in the second half of the season. I think they're a different team this year, uh, just a, fundamentally um, based on their their pitching uh, just the way they're pitching set up, right? Like Drew's just not really involved much in the pitching anymore. And he's just a completely different player. Um, Barron's a completely different player this year. So I think they're a team to, to look out for certainly in the AL. I don't think the Preds should be, uh, too, too comfy yet. Like they, they still got to take it. Um, they're not as locked up as the Eagles. So they still got to be, you know, on their a game going forward, but, the NL is the NL I feel like is gonna get pretty cagey. Um like you said, that Mallard's that Mallard's Gator series is is gonna decide a lot of things or at least push ways in, in one direction. So um I I feel like uh I feel like you said I gotta I gotta put the D backs in the playoffs. So Isn't that I think funny that, how we're both
0: like, yeah, they're gonna make it into yeah, their last like, place right now.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just it's I feel like against Jim. It's, it's hard to wrap my head around them not making it, so I'm gonna put them in there and I would say probably the winner of the the Mallards Gators series would would end up making it too, know, maybe. It's,
0: it's crazy that I'm saying the same thing, but at the end of the day, if the D backs lose a series to the Eagles, they're essentially done. Like that, yeah. that would put them at best at three and nine. You know, that's at best. Yeah. So, and then the last matchup of the year is against the Cobras in the mini MLB series. So another good team. Mm-hmm. They really have to beat the best team in MLW to keep their season hopes alive. So.
1: But they absolutely um, can. I'm high they on absolutely them.
0: absolutely could. To speak on the commish. I know that during the All-Star break, Kyle was saying, like, I think the D-backs are in trouble. Like, it's going to be hard for them to bounce back. Good voice crack there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just my opinion <laughs> that they're going to weasel their way in. And to be mm-hmm. candid with you, Jack, and you can share your thoughts with me right now, too, on, on your opinion. Um but my all star break prediction, <laughs> which is crazy to say when they both have losing records, but I got the D backs and the Cats and the rematch in the World Series still. That's my prediction. What do you think okay. about that? Um It's just hard to bet against it's them. bold, I know it it's is bold, bold that's for maybe sure. I'm just, yeah, I'm just getting old, I'm getting stuck in my it's stubborn bold. in my ways, but I just they're just um, so good. I mean I, don't I watched know. that last I, series that World Series last year. I commentated the whole thing and I watched how much talent was there, and it's just so hard for yeah. me to say that. Those teams are not winning their leagues. It's just impossible for me to say it.
1: It's tough. I think uh I think the for the NL at least, the Diamondbacks are certainly a team to watch out for, but I just don't think the they Eags. have the same spark that they do next year. Or uh, or excuse me. I don't think that they have the same spark they did from, from last year. Um and the Eagles are just like you can't it's just like how do you the kids they're the best. He hasn't let up a run. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know how you would bet against uh, a a team that, you know, two out of the three games in a series, they're not giving up runs in those games. Yeah, and um, Daniel, Daniel's right there next to him, so like... And Daniel, <laughs> um, Daniel's still one of the best pitchers in the exactly. league. Exactly. So I think those are the best two the pitchers NL, in would, the National League. Yeah, for the NL, I would go Eagles, and um, I really... You know, I, I'm not just picking the guys at the top, but uh, even though it might seem like that, but the Predators, I also, doing. I also think, I, I guess that's what I'm doing. Um, but I mean, Tommy's going for the 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 crazy take. I'm gonna go for the the basic take, I guess. Um, the Predators are also a different team this year. Last year, they were struggling to support Ryan on the mound Mm -hmm. and not only is Ryan pitching better than he was last year um, he's figured out the speed limit and they are getting probably more run support arguably than they may have even been getting the year that they won the World Series I feel like Um, I'd have to actually look back at those statistics to to clarify that but um, when you have Russell making the all-star game as the the third hitter in the lineup like that's a great sign for your team. And I think Cratch is doing enough on the mound and Stephen Mcglade is, is serviceable for them to, to continue to make a push, continue to win series and make it to that world series. What happens when they get there against the Eagles? I guess we'll have to wait for a later podcast for me to give that prediction, but I like that's it. I'll go. I'll go
0: Preds Eagles. I like it. Um, Yeah, I like the Preds too. Like I said, I think I'm a little bit, I'm being stubborn just based on prior knowledge and I have to look at what's right in front of me right now, which is the D-backs are in last place and the Wildcats are in third. Um, I do think that if you played the World Series today, you can't say the D-backs and the Cats are the best two teams in this league. You can't. They got to turn it around. No. I do think right now it is clear that the Eagles are the best team in the National League and it's not close and the Preds are the best team in the American League and it's not very close right now. Um, But the season ended today, that would be the World Series, and I believe that's the best two teams in the field. Um, And to be honest right now, and this might hurt your feelings, Jack, but I truly believe that there are, as of right now, and things can change. Like I said, the Magic have shocked me in the past, but I could see the World Series being crowned to seven different teams right now. The Magic are the only team who haven't shown me enough to say, I think this team can win a championship this year. They're the only squad I can say that about because – Not because they're pitching. their pitching is fine, but just no one's hitting the ball. So it's hard for me to say they're going to beat these great teams in the AL and make that run.
1: I I mean, as much as it pains me to say it, I really couldn't disagree with you there. Although I would... I don't know. I might just fully agree with you there. I mean, I mean hey, I don't you're think on the that,
0: magic. Like you got to think the, that way that you can bounce back though. Cause like I'm in the, yeah, being a mallard, I like mean, and I'm saying the D-backs are good. The Eagles are good. But like in my head, I'm like, yeah, we got this. Like we're, we're solid. We're amazing. You know what I mean? That's how I think too. But I'm just trying to speak. As I mean, unbiased, we want to like, call hey. it
1: like it is on this podcast and we mm-hmm. haven't, we couldn't hit the broad side of a barn with a, <laughs> with, a with a paddle a beach ball. Yeah. Or with a paddle if we tried so far this year. So that needs to turn around immediately But, um. I don't know. I think the Gators could still make the playoffs, but I, I would have a hard time seeing them get through the, the Eagles. I just don't think hmm. they really match up well against the Eagles. It's weird. And the
0: Gators are a weird team, right? Because yeah. I kind of had them written off, honestly, after they got swept by the Eagles and looked ugly against the Reds. Mm-hmm. But when they go out there and they beat the D-backs 2-1, who, as you guys know, I'm kind of high on the D-backs still as a good team, um, which maybe I shouldn't be given the record. But um, it's like okay, they can they can play with anybody then if they're gonna go out yeah. there and, and beat the D-backs two out of three and cheat them, like played like vintage Chris Cheatham twenty twenty World Series yeah. Chris Cheatham it's like okay now I'm worried about that game like like we said yeah. that series in Oklahoma is huge because they go out there and beat us in a series okay now it's like the Gators are the real deal
1: they certainly they certainly uh have the ability for sure but I just don't I the cons, the lack of consistency for them this year I think is just too much for them to like. You know, break through and build momentum. Like the Diamondbacks have been inconsistent to some extent, but they've also lost some cl- close games. So it kind of is what it is. Yeah, I mean,
0: winning's everything. It's uh, wiffle ball is typically close games, and you got to be able to close those out. Um, Are there any teams you think right now, Jack, that should be looking to make moves in the second half?
1: Um, the like you're talking roster or like trade moves things yeah. along yep. those lines. Um. I mean, it'd be hard to not put the magic in that category, considering the fact that, uh, like we've commented on, really struggling at the plate as a unit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure exactly what sort of uh, team would be interested in talking trades with us uh, to, to get a better hitter on our team. So it might have to be some sort of a free agent ad or uh, someone off the prospect board type thing, mm-hmm. but... Um, I'm not really sure. Certainly the magic are going to have to do some, some money move making, um, whether it's, you know, during this year, uh, or in the off season, I'm kind of just seeing really what happens in the next series before, before trying to make, you know, too many moves. Okay. Um, because I do believe in my guys. I know we haven't really had a successful season up to this point. But we've all we've also been here before, and I've I've seen (laughs) these same same guys. I've seen these same guys have a lot of resolve and uh, be able to to fight and come back. So I have faith in the guys. Uh, I do. I do really like the guys on the Magic. So um, I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. But okay. Other than that, I feel like um, I honestly I feel like the rest of the teams kind of just gotta. You know, go with what they're going with. I don't think the Preds or Cobes will do really anything. Kyle seems to have his lineup set. Eagles are looking great. Maybe you could comment on the Mallards, but maybe the Gators would be a possible team that could uh, could look to make a trade for you know a better pitcher or something, or try to sign someone that could maybe give some relief if mm-hmm. uh, Jorgensen maybe you know continues to be a little bit inconsistent as he's shown, but um. I feel like the D-backs also will probably just stick with what they've got. They got young guys there that are doing well, Jimmy, mm-hmm. uh, Jonah. So what do you think, though? Um, I agree. On the American League side, I don't see
0: the Preds or the Wildcats um, doing any type of trading. I don't see the Cobras seeking out a trade right now based on the emotions I've seen from Drew. I think he really loves his roster right now. Yeah. But I do know that Drew is a guy who's inquired about trades in the past. So that's something to note, I guess. Um, the magic, like you said, if, if you're not planning on making a move now at the break, um, I think that the next series will really dictate if you want to make a playoff push and try to add a guy like last year with Bonham or, um, if you want to become sellers, really if I'm thinking in terms of what I would do as a manager, if I win my next series or sweep the Wildcats, beat them two out of three, whatever, um, I probably wouldn't look to make moves that I'd look to stick with what I have. Um, mm-hmm. cause you already... You don't really have, unless you're giving up guys, you don't really have any picks to give up at this point, right? So, right. that's something the way, to
1: note. The way I see it going into the series against the Wildcats, if we win or sweep them, we're still alive. Mm-hmm. And it would be really hard to get rid of anyone Wildcats after a huge emotional win like that over the Wildcats. You know, that would be a big series win mm-hmm. with our back against the wall. If we were to lose that series, uh, We would then be eliminated from the playoffs, and uh, at that point, it's kind of like you're basically where the Mallards were last year, right? Sort of in that rebuild phase, Um, and I'll I'll certainly have to make some moves, because like you said, we don't have draft picks, so Mm -hmm. other than that, it would just be adding sort of like, you know yeah okay guys you aren't good enough to get drafted so is that really going to make that much of an impact on your team mm-hmm. who knows but um it's going to be necessary to make some moves for sure if we lose that series
0: okay um in terms of the national league eagles are not going to do a thing i promise you that um other three teams you know jimmy's a guy who's approached me with trades before we made a deal last year too Um, so I could, I could see him making a move somehow, some way, whether it's exchanging a pick or two or sending a young guy, acquiring a young guy, waiver wire, you know, he's a, he's a good manager. As I said, I I know I disagree with Mm -hmm. his all-star moves, but he knows what he's (laughs) doing. He's very calculated. Um, so I could see him like, you know, testing the waters a bit, seeing what he can get for certain people. Um, the Gators, you know, I, I just based on the history of the Gators, I don't see them making any moves to be honest. After that series win, they're feeling good. Um, They've been known to stick to their kind of core three guys. They did draft Reese Harris this year, but he hasn't seen too much playing time yet. So I wouldn't really put them as actively being in the market as of right now. Um, Me as the Mallard's manager, um, you know, I I love our lineup in terms of, I think Robust and I are are great hitters. I'm still high on Caden as a hitter. I think he has potential. I even think Davenport or Wilson has potential as hitters too, Um, but we still have question marks the number two arm. So mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna give Caden the ball in Oklahoma. Um, you know he hasn't really pitched much yet this year. I don't believe what did we do against the Eagles? Because he played against the Eagles. We went me Robus. Then it was kind of that series got off the rails. We didn't really stick to our plan because yeah. we were down. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, um, I want to get Caden to start. So I would love to give Caden the ball against the Gators. See what he can do and. If he can't perform, then I would for sure be in the market for a number two arm because I think we have what it takes in terms of um, hitting abilities to, to make a push. So I want yeah. I want that pitching step because you can't really win with one guy anymore. You know what I mean? So it's either right. got to be me like grinding to get better or I got to find somebody because I would hate to waste the talent we have right now. We saw what we can do. So, um, yeah, it's, that that's has just my opinion.
1: That's, that's been the hole for the Mallard's, right? So it's kind yep. of, you know, I... I, I uh, I commend you and like your strategy, right, of, like, trusting your guys. You drafted these guys for a reason, um, and I think it's smart to give it a chance to um, sort of, like, blossom, I guess, so to speak. Yeah, because Caden's Caden been putting someone... in the work. He's been putting in the work. Yeah, Caden, I, kn- yeah I know Caden, like, I, I know he's someone who's been putting in the work, so uh, having faith in him, I think, is, is something that's important. But there is that sort of like balance sign, right? Because, it's hard. because the season is so short and there's so few games that um, the seasons can kind of rack up quickly. So if you mm-hmm. are developing a guy for now, you know, two, three seasons and you're not getting the results that you need, then it's then it's uh, kind of put up or shut up time, so to speak. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah, it's hard.
0: I tell the story a lot, but with ball. I'm tell a story about my high school baseball career a lot to younger kids who talk about playing baseball and whatnot. When I ask me about my career, um, but really, football is MLW is a great example of like you might not get that many opportunities, so you got to just be a dog and, and capitalize when you can, right? Um, so we've seen guys in this league who have you know gotten chances and, and not done so hot, and unfortunately have been let go or phased out over the years. But the guys who have performed well have seemed to you know seem to stick around and, and get the get the playing time they deserve. So um i think gotta be a dog i think caden is kind of um on that cusp right now i'd say just being honest and he'd agree with me um as he's a guy who i drafted number two overall last year so i was very high on him um and he didn't do a whole lot last year on the plate pitched all right but um like you said it's kind of put up or shut up now right
1: mm-hmm. so
0: we'll see it's gonna be exciting
1: you, who do you, you said you got to be a dog and just take <laughs> advantage of the of the chances that you get who do you think's got the most dog in him in the in the league uh, I think you are a guy that comes to mind, Jack,
0: as a guy who Stop. just gets it done. I'm serious. That's um, not true. No, I, I think it's true. Um, Other guys that come to mind as just a guy who goes out there and gets it done is um probably Kyle Schultz, I mean, mm-hmm. in my opinion. um, Cheatham showed flashes of it last series, backs against the wall. Got that dog. He's got that dog in him. Um,
1: and uh, I think Norp certainly got that dog. Oh, Norp is that guy. Norp's just got that clutch gene. Yeah. I, I I um
0: regretably because be, you know being clutch is like the best thing in sports right? When you're that clutch guy. Yeah. I feel like I'm not that clutch, Jack. <laughs> is <that sad laughs> to say? I feel like I'm not that clutch, which is sad.
1: Uh, you know, I would. I the thing is, is I've been clutch in moments. I and have been, too. I have and too. I've been, you know, the the very opposite of clutch in others. So I agree. I'm interestingly. Right there with you. Interestingly, sometimes the negative ones, the times when you were not clutch, almost stick in your memory that's more, true. depending on the person you are. Mm-hmm. So uh, you might think that you're a little bit less clutch than you actually are. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I definitely, like the 17, 18, 19 years,
0: I had a lot of clutch, clutch moments on the mound, especially, and on defense, too. But um, obviously declined last year, and I'm getting done at the plate as so far. Not so great against the Eagles, but um, still okay. I guess in in retrospect, as to how good they pitched against us,
1: but I want to be more clutch. That's the best. That's the best feeling is having clutch moments, right? It really is no better feeling. But you did really make the All Star game as basically a batter, because no did. offense, I don't think no. your pitching stats got you in. No,
0: they did not. Not 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 quite.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you get, look at that. You know, you're still how thought? many years later now in this league making All Star games. I'm just going out there legit. and getting it
0: done, man. Just getting it done. You got run. some dog in you. I got some dog in me. You got some dog in you, Tom. <laughs> Come on, let the people hear it. I do. You know, I'm uh, I'm figuring things out. I've been playing this game a long time, and I uh, <laughs> I can I can get it done when I need to. You know, but I'm not. I'm not saying I'm amazing, but I get it done. You know, I, surpri- I surprise myself sometimes. You know. Yeah, we all do. I think
1: it's wiffle ball is a game where you do ourselves. surprise
0: yourself because it's just like. Happening so fast and, like, your reaction yeah. time is zero. So when you just crush when you're like, oh, I guess I just did that. But, yep. But anyway. Feels great. Um. All right. We've been talking for a while now. I'm surprised with no guest. And I probably should address that, yeah. by the way, guys. I apologize for not having a guest today or last week. Um. Like I said, August is just – we're in the gauntlet right now of the MLW season. <laughs> and today, after getting back from Vermont yesterday, flying home, and everything going on with this tournament right now, I just – I didn't have the, you know – hour and a half to two hours to commute if we're talking round trip to to make that happen so i apologize um but um i appreciate all the love and support on the podcast right now as i mentioned last episode um you guys have been crushing it so um really appreciate that and big things are coming but before we cut off today if you guys watched till the end of the video um in the all star game i don't know if i've even teased it at all in the pod yet but um we are playing an all fun game or we did play i should say and you're probably like what the heck is an all fun game But essentially, um, we had the idea to add something fun, unique, new, interesting to the all-star break as the MLB's made a tradition to do like a celebrity all-star game, slow pitch softball type Mm -hmm. things. We're like, how can we put our own spin on that? So after much debate, um, we decided to create a wiffle ball game. Once again, a fun game, Uh, you know, a competitive yet fun in spirit and lighthearted game amongst like mlw's most notable characters over the season right over Mm -hmm. the course not season over the course of mlw's history okay so um pipe it up listeners i will give you a sneak peek um there will be a graphic on instagram that kind of announces officially um Mm -hmm. the full all fun game rosters but i will give you two players that participated in this game um we did divide it into American and National League kind of based on what team you're on or were on or like who you're involved with. But I will say that on the American League side, um, ah, do I, how much do I want to spoil that? Do I want to do a conservative spoiler or like a big spoiler? Nah, what are you
1: thinking? I, well, I feel like if you've made it uh, to this point in the podcast, I kind of agree. You, you're you you're like day deserve one. You're a dog. something right now. You're an A one. You got that dog in you. And the pod listeners have been great far. to us lately, Jack. They've been they, have been. they deserve They it. deserve it. Okay,
0: give it to them. American League. Um, there's a four man roster on both sides. Eight players, guys. Okay, on the American League, one player I will reveal is number twenty eight, Mark Schultz. <laughs> Woo-hoo! On the National League side, we have number ninety nine swamp man and if you're new to this channel you're like who the heck is that but if you're someone's been watching for a couple years you remember swamp man so those type of people are who you're going to see in this game you probably guess a few others some of the most notable characters and names from mlw um for their personalities and for their fun that they added to the channel over the years so um it was funny i'm not gonna lie um i'm curious to see how the edit comes together in the final product but um there were some good moments it was a good game and it was it was a lot of fun so That'll conclude All-Star break this Friday, and then next week will be Oklahoma series, so that'll be insane, but I'm excited. Great things to come. The channel's thriving right now. We've got six figures in the last two uploads in less than a couple days, so uh, it's a good time to be in MLW world, and the podcast is popping off. So
1: Also, do not sleep on Mark Schultz in this all-fun game. The guy's been surrounded by wiffle ball for decades at this point. Literally. Played in multiple tournaments. Veteran guy. He's my sleeper. He's your sleeper? He's my sleeper.
0: I, I don't just, and I'll tell you that Mark Schultz was the first one at the field and he was grinding, getting ready, so.
1: that I wouldn't expect anything exactly, else. Exactly, exactly. Yeah.
0: So, all right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in. If you stuck around this long, really appreciate it. Um, if you guys didn't know, we do have Pipe It Up podcast merch available on MLWmerch.com. If you just search Pipe It Up, you will see our Navy t-shirt. And let us know if we should release some more merchandise in the future. But um, thanks for listening, guys. Jack, thanks for joining me tonight. And I'll uh, see you next week.